Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, welcome to Breaking the Huddle, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's a college football tradition. No tailgate or watch party is complete without a little Dr. Pepper. I'm Joel Klatt. Thank you for joining us tonight. Matt Leinert will join me shortly. Uh, but before we get to that, just make sure that you subscribe to Breaking the Huddle, the podcast on iTunes. We also want you, the fan, to be a part of our show each and every week. So comment. We'll try to respond as best we can. And if you really like the show, share it with your friends. We can get all the dialogue going and all the frustration going when it comes to the college football playoff rankings. We'll have a special edition, by the way, of Breaking the Huddle this Friday live, 10 p.m. Eastern, right around there, live from Boulder, Colorado, ahead of the Buff game, Buffs game against Washington State. Uh, that's the third edition of college football, or, or excuse me, Breaking the Huddle on campus on a Friday night. So I uh, can't wait for that. Join us this Friday live from Boulder. Okay. Now, the third college football playoff rankings were just announced. Here's a look at the top ten. Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, and Clemson are your top four. A lot to discuss there, obviously, as we get into resumes and really what the next couple of weeks is going to bring as we start looking towards the completion of the season and the conference championship games. Louisville still on the outside looking in. Six, Washington ahead of Wisconsin, which might be the biggest revelation of anything in this edition of the, the playoff rankings. Penn State 8, Oklahoma jumps into the top 10 at number 9, and Colorado <laughs> at 8-2. and two. The Buffs, Mike McIntyre doing a great job. I agree, by the way, 100% with what Kirk Herbstreit just said on ESPN. Mike McIntyre right now, a pretty clear front runner for National Coach of the Year. If they keep it up and get themselves into that Pac-12 championship game, you'll likely see him win one of those, if not multi um, National Coach of the Year awards. All right, let's get it to our Heisman Trophy winner, my man. How you doing? Sorry. Thanks for being in. Right, As man. always, Matt Leinert joins the show here on Breaking the Huddle. Top ten. I know. I'm so pumped about the Buffs being my in the Trojans, top. and I get 13. to go to Boulder this week. By That's the way, that's got to be awesome for you. Okay, so. I know you're going to want to talk about USC. I've got some thoughts on USC as well. But before we do that, I want to stay up near the top of the right. rankings. Um, Alabama clearly number one. We don't even have to mention Alabama because they are so far and away the yeah. best team in the country right now. It's not even funny. So at this point, it's all about which teams are getting the nod from the committee. They go, at least in this edition, Ohio State, Michigan, and Clemson. What did you think of that? That's exactly what I had. In, in my little mock thing. Um, I, I have no problem. I think Ohio State has a great resume. I was a little shocked Michigan stayed at three. They were at three last week, right? So they stayed at three um, going on the road to losing to Iowa, uh, Clemson losing at home to Pitt. So that was interesting to yep. me. But 
the, the thing about those two teams, they still control their own destiny. So they still went out. Both of those teams went out. They're in the college football playoff. I have no problem with Clemson being ahead of Louisville. The strength of schedule, the wins, the head-to-head, they're all in Clemson's favor. But you just mentioned, I think Washington ahead of Wisconsin is huge. Huge. Because potentially both those teams can win their conferences. Um, and that just that, that goes really well for Washington because at the end of the day, those two teams may be fighting for that number four spot if Alabama, you know, Michigan and Clemson or Alabama, Ohio State and Clemson all get in. So, um, again, not too – I don't think it's too crazy. A USC jumped up seven spots, deservedly so. They're playing as well as anybody in the country. That's what I was going to say, um, if, if you mind, if I can yeah, jump yeah. in on USC oh. real so Because I was there, I actually uh, – I was, I was doing the game uh, in Washington – and if you were just going, listen, there's going to be a thousand different criteria that they'll point to, and they're going to point to whatever criteria they want to point to to justify any ranking that they want to make. Um, USC at 7-3 and three ahead of 8-1 and one West Virginia. People are going to scoff at that and everything. But I will say this. The team I saw on Saturday night mm-hmm. beat Washington would have beat anybody in the country outside of Alabama. Trust me, Tide fans, you're the best in the country, right. like I said, by a wide margin. We're just talking about the rest of college football <laughs> right here. So if you take Alabama out of the mix, maybe save for Ohio State. Mm. I think uh, USC, what I saw Saturday night, was insanely talented, great on the offensive and defensive line. Their quarterback was a baller, in particular on third down. They had great special teams. Adoree Jackson showed up with two picks in that game. I don't see a lot of teams around college football that would have beat the Trojans yeah. on Saturday night. They played that well, and i got to give a lot of credit to Clay Helton for the way that they're playing. I agree. They were, they were dominant, Joel. And, and just I didn't – my biggest concern going into that game was just, just the D-line and just being able to stop and contain Miles Gaskin and, and the balance of that offense. But uh, they were outstanding, and, and obviously they're getting rewarded. And I thought, you know, these initial rankings this week, the Pac-12 – is they're getting a lot of respect. They're well, getting a lot of love. Uh, Washington a, State's not getting a lot of love, no, but the fact that, that Stanford is in there now. I was going to say that's um, what bumped Colorado to 10. Yep. That was a huge bump for Colorado. And probably kept Washington. And kept Washington mix, yeah. ahead of Wisconsin. Yep. You always have to look at what's like what's going on at the backside of those right, rankings. Right. And th- and that when Stanford jumped up to 24 at 7 and 3, and rightly so, um, with the way that they've been playing, I know people wrote them off for dead, and when you and write people finish off, nine and three, they'll the likely schedule, finish, they nine, and finish three, nine and three, which is going to be huge for Colorado and Washington, uh, and really good for USC because then that means one of those losses is to Stanford, right. uh, another loss is to Alabama, and another loss is to Utah. So you, USC is sitting there at seven and three. All three losses are to ranked teams. Right. How do you, how do you how do you going going back to this Big Ten because the Big Ten yeah. is the one that is just four teams in the top eight dominant deservedly so I think they're all very good teams. Ohio State I mean all the scenarios are pretty wild but Ohio State I do believe is the big is is the best team of those four, and if they don't win their division, which could very well happen. How do you view them? They, uh, apparently, if they just beat Michigan, they're going to be in the in the. I, I think so. Playoff. And you yeah, think I they think... deserve that? Not winning um, their division, most likely if Penn State wins. Not to say deserve, but yeah, that, this is when you're going to get into the four best versus four most deserving. Right. Right. Um, that's interesting. I mean, 
I think this I, is. I, the, I think winning your conference is a special deal. Yeah. Right. And I get it. I get it. And and the committee is clearly setting themselves up right now to include Ohio State mm-hmm. and just say, listen, they're. Their overall body of work has earned them right. a spot in this playoff, which would be somewhat um, ironic because the conference that fought for four best versus four deserving as the language, mm-hmm. they fought tooth and nail, was actually the SEC. And, and at that time when the playoff was being discussed, the conference that was re- like really on the back burner when everyone was discussing this was the Big Ten. Right. This is when... <laughs> You know, Urban Meyer was just in talks to come back to Ohio State when they were discussing this playoff. Obviously, Jim Harbaugh wasn't at Michigan. Um, so it's interesting uh, that I think the Big Ten is primed to be the first conference in the history yep. of the playoff to get two in. Because here are the scenarios. If Michigan wins, right. Ohio State's not going to go to the yep. playoff. So, But if Ohio State were to win, and Penn State would likely at that point go and be the East representative of the Big Ten in the in the championship game, likely against Wisconsin, and you could make an argument that the winner of that game should go. And in fact, if it's Penn State, I don't think that there's any possible way that you can include Ohio State into the playoff and leave Penn State out. If they were to win the conference that Ohio State is in and have a head-to-head victory over them. You see where I'm going? So, so by that metric, if they're trying to set themselves up to keep Ohio State in if they were to win out in the regular season, then we're looking at two Big Ten teams going because Wisconsin's going to get a lot of love if they were able to win the conference and, and right. beat a team like Penn State in the conference championship game. Um, so if, we, if, and I asked you this before, but if Wisconsin or Penn State win the Big Ten championship, that means we'd assume Ohio State, Penn State gets there, Ohio State is a one-loss non-division team, but still probably be number two. Do they jump a potential one-loss Pac-12 champ in yeah, here, Washington? Here's the, so that's here's the problem. The, that's going to be the huge debate that's if, gonna it, be if the it ends big up debate. that way. You're right. And, and I'm just telling you right now, the, the team that at, at this juncture, and the committee might not even understand or even think about this right now, and they might have to pull a TCU from a couple of years right. ago and drop Ohio State down. But just think of, think of it this way. If you're prepared to say okay, a two-loss Big Ten champion should not go ahead of a Washington team, but we're setting ourselves up for Ohio State to be in, then what you're setting yourself up for is Ohio State to be in over potentially a team that beat them Mm -hmm. and won their conference. Mm -hmm. You see where I'm going with that? So the team that should be most worried is Washington. Because they could be in a situation where the two teams directly behind them, Wisconsin at 7 and Penn State at 8, because of where Ohio State is, both of those teams, if they were to win the Big Ten championship, would likely pass Washington in order to keep Ohio State in the playoff. Right. That's crazy to me. Crazy to me. Louisville's in a really bad position right now. I was just going to say, Louisville's in a bad position. Washington's not in a great position. Uh, I mean, again, the Big 12 is, is lurking. Uh, I think there's a pulse there. I just I think so many things have to happen in their favor for Oklahoma to even be considered. Um, I'm going to go back to this. Oklahoma but, State is 11 with two losses, and one of them was to Central Michigan when not only the officials but also the replay officials completely botched the call on a technicality, okay. not a subjective like, right. oh, I thought it was a holding. How, how, do, you, how do you view – 
Oklahoma State. And, and as a one-loss team. You and do the, view them as one-loss team. 100%. Even though Central Michigan beat them for four quarters in that game. Yeah, but did they beat them? No. I mean, that was, they, I mean didn't, they didn't beat them. It's the all-time gap for the Big 12 Conference. The fact that you, Big 12 Conference, <laughs> didn't step up and retroactively award Oklahoma State that victory, which they rightfully earned, I know I, I throw out like harsh words. It's shameful because you're going to affect not only your conference, but you're going to affect Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, if they were to have just won that game based on what the officials should have done. So, Matt, think of this. Every snap of legal football, exactly the same for Oklahoma State, there are probably seven at this point rather than 11. They'd have one win over West Virginia. That would be their top 25 win. Okay. If if they're... I mean, who's who? You know, what is, what's no? Wisconsin they'd be ahead of done? Colorado. They'd probably be <laughs> no. You're right. Wisconsin um, beat LSU, which, which I don't know. I mean, LSU is behind West Virginia. I just, I just, I mean, a lot again. I mean, the referee screwed it up, but a loss is a loss. I mean, what do you? You can't just put an asterisk but by that game. But he didn't just screw it up. Uh, again, this is this I goes to the nature point. of the gaff. This was not a blown clip or hold or a pi. You know, this was not the P.I. on Miami and the Ohio State-Miami National Championship. How did Mike Gundy and this offensive staff not know? Hey, I get it. I get it. But even if they didn't know the rule, they actually executed something that would have won the game. But it's not like, even, they but won not the, even game. the rule. The fact that, but they, the won fact the game. that they had the, the, the intentional ground, or what, they didn't even send a receiver out there. To Listen, I get it. I, I, understand. I, I understand. I'm just telling you. Both ways. I, I just, again, I think... They were the, the best chance that, for the Big 12. And the fact that the Big 12 is down and the fact that the Big like you said, I mean, I think the committee is just blowing them off anyway. Think but. about the year that the Big 12 is having. Their officials completely botch, replay officials, completely botch <laughs> Oklahoma State, Central Michigan. They had this charade called Big 12 Expansion. Who are the, that, who's worse, Big 12 refs or NFL refs right now? Oh, my gosh. I mean, probably the Big 12, because if you throw in the conference. No, no, I'm kidding. And I like a lot of people in there, but, I mean, guys, guys, what are you doing? What, like, do you realize what you've done? I don't think you've realized what you've done. You have totally jobbed your own teams out of potentially going to the playoff. (laughs) Isn't Uh, it amazing? It's amazing. Adults in the room. Adults in the room. They're the worst part of college athletics. Um, Colorado at 10. Colorado-Washington State this week. Big. That's the game I've got. Washington State not getting much love at all. They've nope. won eight games in a row. Washington State is 7-0 and in conference play for the first time ever in their history. They're one spot below Western Michigan. And Western Michigan is one spot below Boise State. Real quick on the group of five right. thing for the New Year's, New Year's Six game. Um, Wyoming still leads Boise State in their division in the Mountain West. And remember, they talked about the, the highest-ranked conference champion from the group of fives. There's a good chance that Boise State doesn't even make it to the Mountain West championship right. game. So Western Michigan fans, Broncos fans, you're okay. There's a good chance Boise State doesn't win their conference, therefore would not be eligible for that spot in a New Year's Six game. Therefore, it would go to you as a conference champ and the highest-rated group group of five champion. The problem is is Wyoming plays San Diego State this week. That's true. That is a problem because San Diego State's a really good team. San Diego State's really good. 
And if they beat Wyoming, then Boise State obviously is in the driver's seat. So, But, yeah, again, there's no time to panic. But, yeah, those teams, Western Michigan, Washington State getting no love, no respect. <laughs> Washington State's won eight games in a row. But don't worry, Tennessee's getting the love for beating Kentucky. Tennessee beat Kentucky. Auburn just lost to Georgia 13-7, to and they're still in the top 15. Shocking. They don't have – they have one top 25 win against LSU, who's right. That's probably the reason why they're Man. just one ahead of LSU. Florida State's not a very good team. Florida State doesn't have a top 25 win. I don't know. It's a rough one down it's, there. It's not, uh, yeah, I mean, how about the top 15 Power 5 team from their conference? Pac-12 has four, Big 10 has four, Big 12 three, ACC two, and SEC two. It's pretty remarkable. It is remarkable. The fact that the Pac-12, the Big 10, and even the Big 12 – kind of the teams, all those four conferences minus SEC have been looked down upon, and they, they're representing. Um, send us your thoughts on, on uh, some of this stuff as, as far as the rankings go. Daryl says uh, WVU, West Virginia, getting no respect again. That is absolutely yep. the case. West Virginia getting no love whatsoever, even for a road victory over Texas. Um, uh, we've got a couple other. I can't read that font. It's a little too small, Jason. If you just make it bigger, I can read it a little better. The the one thing about there you go. Um, there we go. Brian says, remember the committee said um, two through six are barely separated. Leaves room for them to be jumped. Yeah, I I totally agree. That's why Stanford's inclusion in the top twenty-five huge for Washington. Yep. Um, Washington could possibly get, depending on how things go, a crack at three more ranked teams. Um, So it's, I mean, they've they've got an interesting, not three, I'm sorry, two more ranked teams, once in the Apple Cup potentially with Washington State and then the Pac-12 championship game. So Washington's in a good spot. But again, I'll go back to the whole conundrum of if Penn State wins the Big Ten and you want to include Ohio State, who's out, Washington or Clemson? Right. It's going to be Washington. It'll be Washington. At that point. Mm -hmm. So... I know Washington's in a decent spot, but it's precarious. It's precarious because of that Wisconsin-Penn State uh, logjam right behind them. Adrian says the SEC is overrated. Only one great team in Alabama. Best conference is the Big Ten, but the Pac-12 is better than the ACC. I can't argue with any of that. Yeah, I I actually agree with all of it. The SEC is not just overrated, like severely overrated. Bama's a great team, no question about it. A&M shouldn't be in the top 25. Tennessee should be a fringe top 25 team. Florida is very average. They've got a terrible offense. And Auburn, by the way, just had a game against Georgia, who lost to, I mean, who did it? Georgia Southern or something along that? Six and four. Georgia's a a bad team, and Auburn just gained their lowest amount of yardage and the fewest first downs that they had uh, in the Gus Gus Malzahn. Florida's best wins are Kentucky and Georgia. How about that? Rank them, baby. Rank them. That's how we start doing it. Salty, things, de- salty defense. Two Terrible. things that we've got to get to before um, we leave the air. First and foremost, I think that the biggest news that impacts the college football playoff is Wilton Spate, mm-hmm. um, broken collarbone, and he'll be out for at least the rest of the regular season. Maybe he could return for a, a bowl right. game. Depends on how bad you've broken your collarbone. Twice. So. Yeah. I've never done it. Tell, tell me about the injury and how difficult it um, is to. Well, to come the back difference from. is, I believe it's not his non-throwing, non-throwing. shoulder. So yeah, that's what I've heard. Um, if you remember, uh, Tony Romo's done this, his non-throwing, non-throwing shoulder, and he came back, I think, in five or six weeks. Um, I broke my throwing shoulder, so I was done. Um, 
it, it will be really difficult for him to come back in the next three to four weeks. Mm-hmm. I, 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 like you said, I think he'll be back if they can get into a playoff. I think that's, I think that's realistic that time. Um, but this is a big loss, man. He was playing really well. So um, the, the guy that will be coming right. in for him is John O'Corn. Um, if you don't know John O'Corn, one, he battled with Spate. It was mm-hmm. a fairly close battle. Um, Harbaugh, you know, is kind of a whisperer with the quarterback anyways. So here he comes now. Jim Harbaugh, couple of games remaining. Last game at home this week. And then he's going to travel to the shoe. And he's likely going to have a top four matchup yep. with the Ohio State. And John O'Corn, the transfer from Houston, is going to be his quarterback. He was the freshman of the year yep. when he was at Houston. Threw for 3,100 yards, 28 touchdowns. And that was for Doug Meacham, who was the offensive coordinator at Houston at that time. Then Meacham went to TCU. And things started getting a little bit crazy and hairy at Houston to the point where they went with Greg Ward and he lost his job. When he transferred to Michigan, he actually lived with Jake Rudock uh, last year when they both transferred in. Now, Rudock was immediately eligible. O'Corn had to sit out a year, but they were roommates because they actually came from the same high school. Um, I wouldn't be that concerned that he comes from the quote-unquote spread family because he's been at Michigan now a full season, competed for the job, and now he's in his second season. I think that that's pretty integrated into the system. And I don't, I'm not really that worried, to be honest with you. I mean, I think you can't. I mean, experience is valuable in this system, and Wilton Spade's done a good job. But, but, but as you said, um, Jim Harbaugh is a quarterback whisper. He's been there. Um, the way they're built defensively and the way they run the football, they're not going to ask. They, they didn't ask Wilton Spate to do a whole lot either. Um, I mean, it's it, listen. Going to Ohio State is going to be difficult for anybody. But, but I, I just I think this kid this kid's played a lot of football. He's Played well in mop-up time this yep. year. Yep. Uh, he's far more athletic than Wilton Spate, so you never know. They he could can move him. A they can move him out. Uh, and move you know, around. Harbaugh will be creative. That, He'll do and, whatever he needs to to win. That's why I'm not. I, I don't think. I mean, it's a big loss, but it's not like, oh my God, we have nobody behind us that's never played it down. I think. I, I, I think. I think they're going to be okay. I do think that they're going to be all right. I do. I don't think they're good enough to beat Ohio State, who's yeah. just gone on a two-week tear of outscoring their opponents 126-6. to six. Um, They look like they're hitting their stride yeah, at the right do. time. after They had that midseason lull. They get the field goal blocked against Penn State. Probably some poor game management if Urban Meyer was really being honest with himself. Um, so that'll be, that'll be interesting because Ohio State's certainly hitting their stride. Okay, two games that I want to hit on real quick. The only two games that are uh, ranked, ranked matchup, Colorado, number 10 against number 22, Washington State. Um, real quick, Colorado has not been playing their best football. Right. There are so many good vibes around the program because of where they're at in the ranking, and, and deservedly so. They've done a really great job of getting this program back to a point where it is a really good team. Yep. I don't know if they're great yet, but they're really good. Number eight strength of record in the country. Number nine game control in the country. I really like Sefo Lufau, their quarterback. Yep. He started more games for Colorado than any other quarterback in history uh, of that program. Their defense is very good under Jim Levitt, but they gave up 250-plus yards rushing to right. Arizona. I still think that Colorado is vulnerable. That being said, they could absolutely beat Washington State oh, in Boulder. Sure. Yep. N- no questions asked. 
But it's not a team or a program that can just say, hey, we're going to roll the helmets out there at 10th in the country, yeah. and our program and, and our mystique is going to win this game. They're, they're not at that point yeah, yet. Yeah, they're, they're not. And, and that was evident against UCLA a couple weeks ago. And you said they, they've, they've, they've been vulnerable the last couple games. And you can go the other way and say, listen, they found a way to win yeah. against UCLA, which was great for them. I thought it was a great confidence booster in the worst game they could have played as far as penalties and turnovers. And they just didn't play. And they still good, won by 10. And they still won. Yeah. So. That, that serves well for them. And then they play Arizona and they give up a bunch of yards. Um, I, I'm just, I, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not just saying this because you went there, but I'm, I'm happy for them. I, I, yeah, they've earned I it. Too. They deserve it. But, again, they don't have a, a win against a ranked team minus Stanford who just got in. So they have that one win. Um, you know, they, they lost to the two best teams on their schedule, USC and Michigan. But um, the way that Michigan and USC are playing. Exactly. So It helps them out. It does in help this them sense, out. In sense, in the um, ranking sense. I think the defense is really good, and I think that's the difference in this game. This Would is you kinda, pick them this week? This is. I'm it, not going to pick the game. Yeah, no. I, but. I'm again. I'm. I know this is bad. I should have an opinion, but I'm. I'm re- literally right down the fence on this because yeah, Washington I, State is one I of those teams that. too that. No, I could see is, that. like, okay, you're going to get the team that struggled early, and they, and they're well, on an eight eight game. They've won eight in a row. But their defense is playing pretty well. And yeah, and I, Alex <laughs> Grinch. Uh, is it's their just one of those things. I think both. I'm, I'm both teams are like. God, they look really good, but then mm-hmm. sometimes it's like, uh, I just don't know, you know. So um, I have to let this sink in a little bit. I, I would give the edge Colorado just because the experience, the defense is much better. They're at home. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that the last two weeks they have been a little more vulnerable, they struggled, um, I think they understand that they're not invincible. Even though they're number 10, I don't even think it's generous. I think they're deserving that they need to go out and continue to play that way. Um, and they're finding ways. So if I had to lean one way, it'd be Colorado, but I think this is going to be a really good game. An injury really to River game. Craycraft, yeah. the second, uh, basically the second option wide receiver for, for uh, Washington State. I think that's going to be big for them. It's going to be tough for them to get over in that sense. Um, I really like Luke Falk. Like I said, they can I run too. the ball. Yeah. They've had actually three games of 200 yards rushing. Um, that's the only three in the Leach area at Washington State. They only had four 200-yard rushing games in Leach's entire career at Texas Tech. So there's a bit of a shift of philosophy going on with Leach and his offense and and Washington State. That's going to be a great game. We've got it for you on Fox, on the network, uh, on Saturday. So I can't wait for that. Hopefully we got a good environment there. The other matchup that I think is so important, in particular in the Big 12, uh, Oklahoma and West Virginia. Mm -hmm. Oklahoma goes to West Virginia. I can tell you this right now. For as good as Oklahoma has been playing, uh, in particular, D.D. Westbrook, who's been averaging 21 yards a catch in the last seven games. Baker Mayfield's been amazing. Amazing. Their defense is still so <laughs> bootleg. Uh, I mean, it is, it is bad. The, they can't tackle in the yeah. secondary. They, they give up way too many big plays. And I just don't think that they're going to win at West Virginia. The, the only thing That's a is tough place to play. their run defense is pretty good. And, and given, given the offenses in this conference, that those can be deceiving numbers. But they've been pretty consistent against the run. I think they're top four, top five in the conference. It's true. Um, so, so they do have a pretty good front. Uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm just one of those guys. Robert Smith, our colleague, he was on West Virginia. Also. I've just not been on the West Virginia train. I think they're a very good football team. I think their defense is good. I just think Oklahoma right now, I, for one, I don't necessarily trust Skylar Howard week in and week out. And two, I think Oklahoma's offense, like you said, is just is completely rolling right now. Mm. And 
And it's strength versus strength. It's which side is going to give. Is Oklahoma offensive? Are they going to turn the ball over? Are they going to, you know, are they going to get one-dimensional like they were early in the season? Or does West Virginia, you know, West Virginia defense has been the strength? They've been good. Um, I'm rolling with Oklahoma. I think, they're the, I think they're the better team. I, I really do. Despite the fact that their defense has is, is been, I mean, bad might be putting it lightly. Um, <laughs> they're still pretty good. And if they can stop the run with, with those guys and Skylar Howard, because West Virginia's got some athletes then we'll see. But I just think, I think Oklahoma can win a shootout, you know. They definitely can. Yeah. Uh, and I wouldn't, if it, Morgan if it turns into that, I, I would definitely trust Mayfield over Skylar Howard. And, and um, another thing, too, is just last year, it's really similar. Obviously, Oklahoma had one loss. Now they have two. But they just play better, like, when their backs are against the wall. You know what I mean? Yeah. Last year. Well, when the, the weight of expectations ex- ex- Exactly. Them, and the expectations know? have been gone, and now they're rolling. And now they're like, hey, you know, we have an outside chance to get in the playoff. We might not. But, hey, we're, they're playing their best football. This is, that's what they do. When they lose, all of a sudden a light goes on, and then that's when they play their best football. And that's what we've seen since that game against Ohio State. So, I'm just not sold enough on West Virginia, but they hey, can earn that. Neither, they can is, earn that this neither is the yeah. committee. I'll just say this. If West Virginia beats Oklahoma, they should be a top 10 team. Oh, for sure. Uh, no questions asked. Uh, Dana Holgerson has done a marvelous job. He's been absolutely fantastic uh, there at West Virginia. Pretty, pretty interesting thing. The Power Five uh, coaches, the only Power Five coaches that have won 13 games in the past 12 months is Dabo, Dabo, Harbaugh, Saban, Meyer, and Petrino, and Dana Holgerson. Pretty impressive. That's that's good company because yeah. they're thirteen and two. They're I thirteen and two. Yeah, um, six coaches have done that, and and those he, are you know five of the best in the in the biz. I'll give Dana a lot of credit because of the team of the coaches that came from the Leach tree, and I'm obviously gonna you know get to be with Mike this right. week with Washington State. Of those coaches that kind of came from, from Mike's system, and Leach um, had Dana as an assistant way back at Texas Tech in the early 2000s before Dana then went to Houston and then Oklahoma State and then to West Virginia. Um, Dana is, is the most pliable. He was the most willing to, to change. He's gone more towards, and I'm not, listen, they're not a running offense, and, and he's still going to be creative and right. throw the ball and do all those things, but... It's not the Geno Smith West Virginia team just trying to outscore you every week. Right. Um, he is winning. Tony Gibson, the defensive coordinator, has done a remarkable job for them at West Virginia. They run the ball pretty well with the guy named Justin Crawford, who's mm-hmm. a junior college transfer. Great story, by the way. Go check out the story on Justin Crawford. He actually came to West Virginia. He's got a kid. He's got a wife. And works side jobs in the offseason like Taco Bell just to support his family right. so that he can go and potentially get to the NFL. Really cool story. But they run the ball with a guy named Justin Crawford. Their defense is very good. Dana did a great job of adjusting, and I don't yep. think he gets the credit for that. People just see the wild hair and the Red Bulls and see him going crazy <laughs> on the sideline, and they think it's the same old crazy Dana. Dana doesn't get the credit for, for what he's done. The list that you just yeah. put him in um, is well-deserved, and, and – He's done, a, he's done a remarkable job there. Clay Helton's done a remarkable job. There's a lot of coaches that have done a great job coaching their teams up this year. Mike McIntyre, like I said a little yeah. earlier. Um, that's going to do it. We will be live from Boulder on Friday evening, about 10 p.m. Eastern. Get in there, log into Facebook, and join us as we're going to be live from the Stampede. There's a big parade of the, uh, the students and the team as they go down uh, Pearl Street in downtown Boulder. We're going to be right there. Uh, in preparation for the game on Saturday against Washington State. This show, as you can tell by this 
billboard right here is brought to you by Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Remember, it's a college football tradition. No watch party or tailgate is complete without Dr. Pepper. We appreciate their support all season long. Matt, thank you very much for being here, hey, my man. have fun back in your town, man. I know. It's, cool. it's going to be a That's big a one. Cool I'm sure no one will call me a homer or biased this week ever. <laughs> hey, of course I'm, I'm rooting for your buffs. I should probably just not look at Twitter all, all, would, uh, all yeah, week. Yeah, but you will look at Twitter. I know you. <laughs> you know, I'll, you know I, I'll, I'll fire back at Oh, people. you will fire back. I called a guy a brosif tonight. That was pretty solid. That's one thing about If I you, guy you, I'm really mad. You know, like okay, uh, guy. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay, guy. That's as mad as I'll get. What, what's what's the least, Brosef? Brosef bro? is playful. Brosef. Okay. Oh, if I bro you, bro, all bets are off. That's basically <laughs> like me swinging through the computer. If I bro you, it's on. Oh, uh, hey, good. thanks for watching, everybody. Appreciate it. We'll be back on Friday, remember, and then next Tuesday as well.